Welcome to Day Zero Update for October 4th, 2020. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Red Victoria. And yeah, a little bit of light crew today. Yeah. Uh, but we got uh, a good amount of games here and oh, uh, yeah. news to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, plenty busy of a week, but uh, yeah, before we get to that stuff, let's uh, talk about what we've been playing. Uh, as for me, uh, still playing some Super Mario Brothers 35. Uh, trying to get the ins and outs of what what success is like in that game. Because mm-hmm. uh, just beyond the the difficulty of the uh, Super Mario Brothers stages that they're in there, it's uh, trying to figure out like what how the how the other players are affecting your game in a sense, yeah. and just how the the game works. Because uh-huh. I did get into a good match where I got uh, fourth. That uh, kind of just it seems like the game picks like a handful of stages to rotate through when you beat them. And so, like when if you get uh, one two and can do that uh, trick at the end to get the the warp zones, uh, it just picks three of the stages that are available in whatever the it is picked for that session. Um, and then it just kind of rotates through them randomly as you beat the stages. So, yeah, uh, which is pretty wild. But uh, yeah, you get towards the end, and it's kind of just madness. Uh, especially mm-hmm. as it uh, starts going wild, where you know you might be playing one one, and then you just start seeing the uh, the the flying squid enemies just popping onto the screen. You're like, what the fuck is going on with this game? Mm. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, which uh, works out pretty well uh, for the most part. I don't know if it's going to have uh, a lot of staying power in it because there's not really much to unlock uh, for that game. Yeah, it's, just kinda, like, it's more like a gimmick than anything. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice if there were like, potentially like themes or other stuff like that. Maybe you could have visual themes that just changes it to, you know, Super Mario Brothers 2 style or 3 mm-hmm. or World or that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, which maybe that comes in a later update, but mm-hmm. for now you're kind of just leveling up and unlocking like avatars for your account that nobody really sees anyway. Yeah, because it's all uh, sectioned off into these small screens of what the other players are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you have a uh, Nintendo Switch Online, you can check that out now. Uh, it's pretty decent. I'd say Tetris is probably better, mm-hmm. uh, just because it had themes and such. It, you would unlock as you go early on. Um, still playing Fall Guys. Uh, the first season's nearly over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a story on when that is, but uh, yeah, still got a couple more levels to go. So I just need to uh, just put more time into it. Uh, though it is annoying when uh, you do run into some of those variations they added in the the mid season mm-hmm. updates, and it's like ah, I had a chance to get in, it just fucking screwed me over. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is still fun, but yeah, it's uh, definitely frustrating. But uh, also playing some of the new stuff that came out this week, like Crash Bandicoot 4. Uh, it's about time, uh, which uh, has been a lot of fun so far. I've beaten the first boss, uh, which is a wild fight with, uh, I think it's Engine, mm-hmm. to do with uh, the rocket in his head. Uh, that fight was pretty cool in terms of uh having uh, uh it's 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 a weird 
thing to describe. It was a lot of uh, jumping puzzles, uh, but then you want to hit the guy that the enemy that they throw at you, and that breaks down this whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, once you get three of them, then you go up and hit the boss, that kind of thing. And like the final round, it turns into like Frogger uh, mm-hmm. sorts, where you want to get the enemies that are on these floating platforms. Uh, and it doesn't, uh, you know, when, if you uh, mess up, it just throws you back to the beginning of that uh, stage mm-hmm. uh, rather than the whole fight starting over again. Mm. So it's kind of a bit more forgiving in some ways, uh, but though some of the stages are very hard, uh, mm-hmm. especially if you're trying to do some of the more tricky uh, side stuff. Because uh, this game has, much like the original games, uh, a lot of side stuff. Uh, thanks for getting all the the boxes, uh, finding these uh, secrets, uh, uh, stages, and that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, still still working through it. Uh, but it does has a lot a lot of cool like accessibility stuff. Things like you can turn on uh, something that just puts a ring under you when you're jumping, mm-hmm. so you can better tell like where you're at, uh, which can be good for some of the trickier uh, 3D jumps. Uh, things like that. They, it also has like a dedicated uh, pass the controller mode. Mm-hmm. Where you can dictate like you know once you get to a checkpoint or once you die or whatever, it'll switch to the next player's controller. That kind of stuff, which is uh, mm-hmm. pretty well done for that. Uh, but yeah, that seems seems like a very good game uh, and a nice uh, surprise out of uh, Activision after releasing Tony Hawk last year or last month. Mm. Uh, kind of a good little streak they're going on here of uh, some throwback games, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I played some Genshin Impact, uh, streamed that last night. Yeah. Uh, that is on PS4, PC, and both mobile platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played it on the, the console and PC, and it's pretty fun so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's kind of taken the uh, Breath of the Wild... Uh, style and uh, some of the gameplay stuff and kind of putting it into like a free-to-play form mm-hmm. uh, with its own things going on. Uh, and it's very much all in on the anime. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways. Um, so you kind of have a lot of the same kind of ideas of, hey, here's a lot of things in this world to do. You know, mm-hmm. run around uh, little camps of enemies as you can take out and get... Uh, uh, a chest that uh, usually unlocks that gives mm-hmm. you some items uh, for each of your characters you have like uh, five artifact slots mm-hmm. if you get uh, sets uh, filled out you get extra bonuses mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff so there's like a little bit of like Diablo or WoW esque like uh, item sets but uh, they can have randomized stats too so uh, I always want to keep an eye on that stuff but uh mm-hmm. Uh, you also have weapons with which you can upgrade uh, through using specific like uh, upgrade crystals or feeding it, you know, your lesser weapons, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got a lot of that kind of uh, Japanese free-to-play thing of like feed these weapons, and you can do yeah. that with your character as well to upgrade the levels and stats and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also kind of a gotcha element to it as yeah. Uh, weapons will have, you know, star ratings, one to five. Uh, you know, one's your common, uh, all the way up to five, which is like your uh, super rare, legendary, whatever they call it, mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And you can 
uh, get currency that uh, you can buy specific crates that they have uh, highlighted in one of the sections of the menus. There's there's a lot of menus in the game, so mm-hmm. uh, it's not super easy to get to, but I think they call it like, the wish menu. Uh, yeah. And they give you a good amount to start, like about 10 or so, uh, just based off of like the pre-registration campaigns and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you uh, just play the game, like you'll get stuff regularly as you play through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like an in-game achievement system that gives you extra uh, stuff as well. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of fun to get around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there that that's uh, and like your characters as well are kind of gotcha as well. So you get oh, yeah. uh, uh, a bunch of different characters. You'll get as you just play the story initially. You'll get mm-hmm. a, a full set of characters. Like the main one that you start with is like a wind character, and you get fire, ice, and I forget the third one. Uh, the fourth one is it's like a rock character, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way their abilities come together is pretty cool. So you get uh, ways of like maybe if you use a wind uh, water character on a fire enemy, they get wet. And then you can use the ice to freeze them. That kind of stuff. Uh, occasionally, mm-hmm. like rocks around uh, some of these char- uh, enemy encounters that you can break, and it'll just start raining or you know whatever element it has that can sort of set you up for using this stuff. Uh, when they introduce the fire dude, uh, it's pretty hilarious because every, like a lot of the time when you use his main freezing attack, he goes, mm-hmm. "Cool it." It's like, uh, I gotta cure this all the damn time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of gets a little bit old, but uh, for the the missions and all that, it is done very much like free to play style. Of mm-hmm. you go run and get the missions, like, oh, you gotta go do this. Uh, or you gotta go here and get this item. Or there's a the whole cooking systems in there, but instead of like Breath of the Wild, we had to mm-hmm. pick all the items individually and do it over and over again if you need to cook uh, the same thing multiple times. Yeah. Here you do it like a set amount of times and you master it. Then you can just auto cook it from there on. Mm-hmm. Uh, those get you all sorts of bonuses, like just health back, or it might give you like some health back. And then you get uh, another set every few seconds. Uh, stuff that raises defense or revives your character, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it has a lot of the elements that Breath of the Wild has. The mm-hmm. combat works pretty well. Um, and you can switch between enemy uh, with your different characters uh, with like a few second cooldown, so you can't just constantly switch back and forth all the time. Um, but as you do attacks, you get uh, build up your special meter, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, it it'll highlight when you have that ready on certain characters. Uh, yeah. So you kind of know when you want to switch over and do their special attack, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like the stories about the this uh, otherworldly like uh, brother sister uh, duo that goes to fight the gods, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, uh, the deity that you're fighting captures. You get to pick whether you're the the boy or the girl, yeah. and it captures the other one. And you get sent down to the earth, mm-hmm. uh, where you meet a little like fairy buddy that hangs out with you, and uh, you start meeting other people, doing quests, all that kind of stuff. As you try mm-hmm. and work your way to save your brother or your sister, whichever one you pick. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 
works out pretty well. It runs better on PC than uh, PS4 Pro, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not too bad on PS4 Pro. Uh, but the weird thing on PC, it has the uh, Japanese mm-hmm. menu controls. So you have to hit circle to select and X to back out. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas on console, it's whatever way you want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there's no account system to transfer progress between console and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's just PC and mobile that can do that. Uh, so that's uh, a bit unfortunate. But uh, from what I've seen so far, it's really quite well done. And uh, especially for free, uh, it is a lot of fun. So that is uh, uh, kind of it. Yeah. How about you, Brandon? Uh, yeah, so I'm still primarily playing 13 Sentinels Aegis Ram. Um, and I think I'm at a point now where I can actually start writing my review. Um, I already started writing it a bit this afternoon. I should probably have it done by Wednesday. Um, but yeah, this uh, this game's pretty amazing. Um, as I've said the last couple times I've talked about it. But yeah, it's one of those games where... It's like you're always wondering, like, okay, well, where are they fixing to go with this? Because the plot is so intricate and constantly gives you, like, a new twist every time you're playing a new segment. Um, Like, almost immediately, like, when the game starts off, you actually start off as uh, in what's called the tutorial mode, which is basically just introducing like, how the game actually plays. And it basically introduces you to, I think it's, like, seven characters that you start off with, and they're individual stories. But, you know, as the game goes on, you unlock more. And, you know, like, already from the very beginning, it hits you with the weirdness. Um, Because, like, yeah, already, like, it starts off with, like, the stereotypical, you know, yeah, it's a normal high school student, and then, boom, giant robots. But then it starts getting weirder, like, almost immediately, because you start dashing around through time. You start seeing characters that are in a certain place they shouldn't be, like, in a different time period. You start seeing characters that you think you know them, but they actually have a different name. You start seeing, at least in one instance, two characters that are basically have the same voice and same personality, but look differently. And then there's also, like, all this talk about, like, uh, and then, like, eventually you start seeing people having this conversation in what looks like a space station somewhere that apparently is in, like, some point in, like, the 2100s or something. And it's like, wow, how much weirder can this possibly get? <laughs> um, and, like, yeah, just every time you get into a new segment, it throws a new twist at you. Um, Specifically, like, for example, the time travel mechanic, it turns out that because of the time travel mechanic, there are not just, there's no longer just one timeline now, there's now several, and those different timelines are starting to interact with each other, and it's, yeah, it's it's one of those things you have to experience rather than try to explain, because otherwise it will just make your brain melt. Um, but, I mean, yeah, graphically, it's still... Uh, absolutely gorgeous to look at um and the combat is definitely starting to get harder um 
I I think I might have mentioned this the last time I talked about this, but basically this game is divided up into like three sections that you can kind of go through on the fly at like your own pace, more or less. Um, there's the one which is Remembrance, which is where like the major like story adventure stuff happens. There's Destruction, which is the combat mechanic, and it's basically like a sort of mecha strategy, real-time strategy type thing. Um, and uh, technically, the part that the combat takes place in, actually one of the things you find out very quickly is that whole section actually takes place towards the end of the actual story. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that happens before then, before that even starts happening. And that's where all the uh, the stuff in Remembrance largely happens. And then there's Analysis, which is basically the uh, section that collects like all the information and stuff that you've uh, gotten so far that you can sort of read through and you can like go through old events and rewatch them. Um, that also every time you like play uh, one of the segments in the Destruction mode, you can. Uh, unlock what are called mystery points, which you can then go back and spend on uh, various pieces of information you can get in the analysis part that sort of help explain more of the story. And, you know, pretty much none of this is really, like, gated off, except for parts of the adventure of the uh, remembrance parts where you have to sort of, like, have taken part in a certain event before it unlocks another one. Sometimes it'll unlock more characters, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so like one of the big things about this is that a couple of the characters are uh, originally from uh, Japan circa 1944, which means it's like at the tail end of World War II. And uh, no, they don't hold back from it. Um, you know, you see like fire bombings and you know, just sort of the general atmosphere of growing up in that in that particular country at that particular time. Um, yeah, like, and then once they end up time traveling into, like, 1985, and they end up reading the history books and finding out what happens in 1945 and all the stuff that happens after that. Yeah, it's, uh, they don't, they don't hold back on any of it. Um, but uh, other than that, I've also been playing uh, Garou Mark of the Wolves, which is... I got that from PS Now. Uh, it's those who don't know. It's basically the most recent Fatal Fury game, uh, more or less. It's basically like a big distance sequel to the last one. Um, it's good, you know. I, it's, I haven't really played it as much as you know. I think to get a real opinion on it, but yeah, it's a good game. Um, yeah, that's uh, basically what I've been playing. So, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, um, I downloaded Super Mario Thirty Five, but I haven't played it yet. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I've also been playing some um, Animal Crossing. Uh, they mm-hmm. did the fall update uh, this week, and um, it's pretty cool. I uh, they, they have they have uh, pumpkins now that you can go ahead and bury and stuff. And there's a lot of new um, Halloween items. Um, mm-hmm. Every day you can buy one piece of candy because I think they're gonna do like a real trick or treating event uh, on Halloween, which is uh, pretty cool for the kids. Because considering uh, you know kids probably shouldn't be going trick or treating this year, so mm-hmm. yeah, they have Animal Crossing. Good on them. So. Yeah, uh, I've been playing a little more Animal Crossing than I have over the past few weeks because uh, the, the fall event's actually been pretty good. Um, mm. Most of my gameplay has been um, going to two games that are not released yet, and I'm not allowed to talk about either of them, so we can go ahead and move mm-hmm. on. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so 
Uh, it is a new month here, October. Uh, one month until the new consoles release. All that good stuff. Uh, but for the time being, uh, you might have a subscription to PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold, and we'll talk about the, the new games that are added this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, for PlayStation Plus, they have, let's see, Need for Speed Payback, mm-hmm. uh, which is an alright racing game. Uh, nothing really spectacular there, but it's trying to be burnouts yeah. uh, without the uh, supreme quality of those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other game is Vampire, the Don't Nod uh, Souls-like, mm-hmm. uh, which is really well done. Uh, and that's very good for a spooky game you want this fall for mm-hmm. uh, for Halloween coming up here. Uh, definitely worth checking that one out. Uh, those will be out here on Tuesday mm-hmm. uh, until the 2nd of November. So you got that uh, going for you. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, see. Vamp- Vampire is actually... It's not a bad game, but it's kind of unpolished. Um, yeah. It, it, it's definitely uh, not bad. It's quite enjoyable. Just, you know, just don't expect it to be as necessarily as well polished as something you would expect. So, yeah. Yeah, I was I was the guy that reviewed Vampire, and um, I really wanted to like it. I, I really love um, Don't Know as a studio, but I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. It's a slow burn. Yeah. Yeah, but it uh, is a good fit for Halloween. And that mm-hmm. seems to be the theme that they went for for Games with Gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, with their four games uh, also being kind of Halloween-themed. Uh, right, let's yep. see here. For October 1st on Xbox One, mm-hmm. uh, Slay Away Camp Butcher's Cut, mm-hmm. uh, which is a puzzle game where you play as the... Uh, the slashers of the uh, various... Uh, movies, uh, you know, license-free, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but clearly inspired by uh, all those kinds of movies. Uh, it's kind of like a sliding puzzle, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're moving all the way in one direction or another, uh, and you got to figure out how to make use of the environments, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that was pretty neat. Nothing really too uh, amazing about it. Uh, for Xbox One, starting October 16th, Made of Skr. That one's mm-hmm. a fairly recent release. I don't really know too much about it. Uh, but yeah, that one is uh, one's made by a European studio, so it has some of that flavor to it from what I've seen. Uh, on Xbox One, uh, for the backwards compatible games, there's Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy from the original Xbox, uh, which I, if I remember correctly, is like an okay game. Uh, I think it's very much aping kind of Zelda uh, stuff to it, but it doesn't quite get there. Uh, and for the last one, starting October 16th, as far as the Backstreet Compatible games, probably the highlight of this whole package here, Costume Quest. Yeah. Uh, the kind of uh, indie RPG, uh, but starring the uh, kids that are going Halloween trick-or-treating uh, end up in another world of the monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one of your, as you pick either the boy or the girl of the fraternal twins, yeah. and uh, the other one gets kidnapped, you need to go save them. Uh, that one's well worth playing, especially if you got kids. That one's at least kid-friendly mm-hmm. there. But uh, yeah, that's an okay lineup uh, there as well. So that's kind of what you got for this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of games that, uh, that were only going to be available for 
uh, a short time, Nintendo's jump cha- jump rope challenge, yeah, uh, is no longer being taken down. Nope. Uh, Nintendo said it was going to only be available until September 30th, and they said, uh, "Yeah, never mind." <laughs> uh, tweeting thanks to all the players of Jump Rope Challenge for recording 2.5 billion total jumps. As new jumpers are joining, the free download will be available until further notice. It will not be removed from Nintendo eShop on September 30th. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you can go check that out. Uh, if you want. Uh, yeah, Danner mentioned that there is a new update for Animal Crossing New Horizons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out on the 30th. Uh, adds uh, a bunch of new stuff there, uh, Halloween-themed stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his... Let's see what the details here. Yeah, the pumpkins. Uh, you can grow them uh, in your uh, your farming area, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be harvested, put into pumpkin-based DIY projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also Halloween-themed uh, festivities coming to the island. Uh, so you can get your candy and all that stuff uh, as your like yeah. currency thing. Uh, so you can build all sorts of special Halloween things uh, for that. Uh, and when Halloween arrives on October 31st, 5 p.m., neighbors will gather in the plaza. They have a bunch of Halloween de- decorations. For a visit from the mysterious guest, Jack, the czar of Halloween. Give mm-hmm. him a lot of pops and candy. You earn spooky in-game rewards. Try to save some candy for your neighbors, too, or you might get pranked. Luckily, you can learn company reactions to probably express your feelings of fear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the, let's see, you can more easily revisit dreams from a list uh, from your friends, and as well as the Noonlink service on the NSO smartphone app. It's getting mm-hmm. an update in early October. So you can use your smart device to perform reactions in the game. Thrilling. Yeah. Thrilling update for that service. Yeah. Um, you can also, um, you have uh, new color palettes for... Uh your avatar, so you can go ahead and be a green villager if you want to, and there's all sorts of new costumes, so there's a lot yeah, of opportunities yeah. for dress up, not to mention all the, all the customizations, um, and yeah, like, this is, the, this is the first time since, like, Easter, where, like, you can really theme up however you want to do your island, so it's a pretty cool touch. Um, yeah. Also, um, one thing that we didn't mention is uh, the Animal Crossing switches are also back in stock, in, or fairly back in stock in various retailers. People have been seeing them in targets and mm-hmm. games and whatnot. So if, if you didn't get those and you really wanted to, now's your chance. Like I know for me, a lot of my friends um, bought their switches because of, because of Animal Crossing, and then they're realizing all of these uh, Joy-Con drift problems. So they're like, "Oh man, mm-hmm. I, I wish I can get new Joy Cons." But those are also still hard to find. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, those are a lot easier to get in the game instead. Uh, like I have a couple <laughs> of switches on mine. Uh, one of them being that special uh, Animal Crossing switch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, let's uh, let's take a little trip here uh, to Brazil uh, and flight uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, people mm-hmm. found out there's uh, there's something weird going on in Brazil. Yeah, basically, uh, uh, just there's this weird graphical glitch where, um, well, it basically looks like. Somebody like put their hand on the earth and just mashed down on it, and it's basically yeah. dragging the rest of Brazil down with it. Yeah, it's it seems like uh, the the data they used on the maps, uh, mm-hmm. the way their system pulls in map data, uh, put this one particular area with the wrong altitude. Uh, mm-hmm. So this whole thing just sinks into the ground. 
And there's yeah. an actual airport down there too. Uh, Lagoa Nova Airport, uh, under the codename SBLG, is uh, down there. And I think somebody has tried to actually land on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which is uh, a pretty weird thing. People have tried to do like, uh, you know, videos of flying around it to try and investigate what the hell's going on here. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. And, other people are like, yeah, this is kind of Brazil right now. Mm. Just uh, thinking somebody in the comments uh, made a this is my hole, it was made for me joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Junji Ito reference there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That is, uh, that's what's going on in Microsoft Flight Simulator right now. People are uh, I assume people are doing a lot of challenges trying to figure out how to get this land in this place. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a good challenge to have. Uh, but yeah, uh, Konami is finally making a reappearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time in the PC space, uh, releasing a couple games on GOG. Yeah. Uh, including Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, and Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, all games that have already been released on PC back in the day mm-hmm. uh, when they came out, but kind of getting new uh, releases here in uh, GOG mm-hmm. with all the compatibility updates and all that you expect. Yep. Uh, Metal Gear is $6. Metal Gear Solid and uh, Solid 2 are $10 mm-hmm. each. Uh, there's also a what they call a Konami Collector's Series Castlevania Contra Collection. I don't mm-hmm. really know what's on that, but uh, yeah, some way for playing some of that stuff. And I think are, they also just released uh, Silent mm-hmm. Hill for the room. Uh, just in case mm-hmm. you wanted to jump into that version. Not really mm-hmm. porting anything over to the PC, unfortunately, but hey, they're recognizing that uh, this is something they've got. Uh, let me check what this Castlevania Contra collection has in it. Mm-hmm. See, Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, Contra, mm-hmm. and Super C. And that is six bucks. That's probably a pretty good price for that. Mm. I don't know if it's particularly good ports. Okay, well, some not great uh, reviews here, but yeah, some people are also liking it. But who knows? Mm. Might not have been good ports in the first place. So yeah, but hey, uh, another way to play Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid Two, mm-hmm. uh, which is always appreciated. At least Konami is using their IPs for some other than uh, the Tinker Machines. So mm. yeah, yeah, and uh, I mentioned that uh, Fall Guys Season Two is uh, starting shortly. Yep, uh, they've announced that it is going to be starting on October eighth th- uh, on Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, and said that the current season is going to be extended to then, uh, so it'll end as soon as uh, season two is going live. Mm-hmm. So we got a few more days there to go, and uh, when it uh, starts, uh, they will be doing double fame point uh, for the first bit. Of that, and yeah, the season looks like it's going to be uh, an interesting one. Also, yeah. teased that they're going to have uh, nicknames now, like uh, for your player mm-hmm. uh, that you can unlock, like nameplate type things, uh, flags as well. Uh, what else did they mention here? Oh, they didn't do any more on this particular tweet. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they got new uh, stages. I think they're going to show some of that stuff off this week. Um. But yeah, that is uh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing more of that here. And I think they're also one of the things they're doing is uh, the season pass 
uh, has a bunch of crowns on it now. Instead yeah. of it being like three in the entire thing before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people that have unfortunate luck of not being able to win uh, will have better opportunities to unlock some of the more premium uh, tie-in outfits for other properties that are mm-hmm. 10, bo- 10 crowns for the whole set. Uh, she'll at least give them, a, give them a bit more time to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. To get that stuff. Uh, yeah, that's going to be fun to see. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how this game continues to uh, develop. Like, it obviously took took the summer by storm, and uh, PS Plus, uh, having the game on PS Plus for free did a lot for it. Um, but yeah. I also haven't haven't gotten back to this game in a while, and that's granted because I I was busy with a lot of other stuff. But I also am not all that motivated to come back in. This this sort of does, but at the same time, it, it just looks like like new skins and various like new. Uh, levels and I don't know if, if if that'll be enough, but I'm interested in, in seeing like what else they do with the theming because it's, it, obviously it's not a bad game, so I'm really yeah. enjoying it. But I, I I just want to see them do do more from an evergreen standpoint. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's definitely one of the goals for season two years just to add more stages and more stuff to unlock and all that, mm-hmm. uh, kind of keep it fresh. Uh, speaking of fresh, near replicants. Yeah, uh, we've known that's going to be getting a remaster here for the new console or PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, been waiting on a date for that, and that got announced during TGS last week. Yep, uh, as a April twenty third, twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, it's not just near replicant; it's near replicant version one point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. It's the, the square root of one point five. Okay, that's ah. Because it's a remaster, you see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. All I know is that whoever's writing the review for that is going to have a have a, have yeah. a great time writing numbers now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, for those who you know have probably only been exposed to Near through Near Automata, um, the first original Near came out back during the uh, X. I think it was the Xbox era or Xbox 360 era. 360 and PS3. Yeah, Um, and there were actually like two versions of this game that were made. Uh, The one that we got here in the West has the hero as sort of like a grizzled, middle-aged father type who's doing what he does to help his daughter, Um, whereas the one that the Japanese got is near replicant, wherein the hero instead is a young, uh, older brother who's trying to help his young sister. And part of this is just, I think a lot of it was a, is sort of like a cultural thing because fathers in Japanese culture tend to be kind of distant figures, more or less. Um, so, yeah. you know, older brothers and older siblings are more involved in the lives of their, of, uh, of the young kids. Whereas over in the West, you know, fathers are expected to be more involved with their, with their children. So it's meant to evoke a certain sort of paternal feelings but through the eyes of different cultures basically and how they view it um but other than that it's basically the same game um it's just that the context is slightly different um and much like with near automata uh the the original near is a action rpg that can sort of switch its gameplay style pretty much on the fly um, yeah, you've got your standard like action RPG stuff, but you've also got like bullet hell shooter type stuff, and also uh, 
like visual novel type stuff that will occasionally come up. And also like with the original Nier, you basically have to play this, you have to play this game a couple of times to get like the full story. Um, and just as what was the case with Nier Automata, uh, you will basically be at, let me put it this way. There's a reason why people sort of compare Nier as being to RPGs, what Spec Ops the Line is to military shooters. And it's a pretty accurate comparison. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be coming. Uh, I think it's going to be 60 bucks. Uh, along with that, they are doing like a, uh, what they call a White Snow Edition, special edition. Mm-hmm. That, uh, let's see, includes a collector's box, steelbook case, script set, uh, grimoire pin set, mm-hmm. uh, special soundtrack, uh, as well as some specific bonuses for the different platforms like digital soundtracks, avatar sets, dynamic themes, mm-hmm. wallpapers, and whatnot. Uh, I think it's going to be a pricey one. Uh, i got to enter my birthday. What's, uh, I'll just pick a random stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. $160. Uh, probably not worth it. Mm-hmm. Unless you're super into near. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's... Well, the that's thing like is, the, the, so what, what, it, what were the last couple of things that they had on there? Uh, it was a pin set, uh, a little uh, seven-volume set of the game's recording script, two mm-hmm. CD soundtrack set, uh, yeah, steelbook case, like a special box case for everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. Cause see, the thing punch. is about like special when when they do uh, special editions of like Yoko Taro's games. Uh, Yoko Taro tends to like hide little bits of lore in the materials that come in the special edition. Okay. So, yeah, it, you know, like he he did that with uh back when uh Drakengard three came out. He had like a set of novellas that came with the game to sort of for, to sort of expand the story and stuff. Yeah, he he does he does that a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, 160 really isn't all that bad, especially when you consider all of the egregious stuff that Square does with this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Brandon, like, uh, you, you were talking about the differences between the Japanese and the American. Um, other than, like, uh, it being a brother-sister and father-daughter thing, uh, is the game the same? Yeah, it's the same. Okay. It's literally, ju- it is basically the same the game. Pro- it's just yeah. the relationship between the uh, the protagonist and the girl that's in your care is different. That's about it. Yeah, they had uh, they released like the two different versions of the same game mm-hmm. on the different platforms. So Replicant was the PS3 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gestalt was the 360 version. Yeah, and they only got the uh, the uh, replica version over in Japan. So yeah, yeah, and we got the Gestalt version that came over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when those came out originally, so yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how this thing does now. Now that people well, actually like the the near universe. Well, see, the thing Atomic. is, if they're the thing I'm worried about is part of the reason why Near Automata is the game that made Yoko Taro like internationally famous is because Near Automata is actually like got a very tight combat system. 
Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest issues that Yoko Taro had up to that point when he was heading up a game was that he had all of these great ideas and like great world building and writing, but he was never able to like really get his uh, development team to like marshal them all up in line and actually get a game that actually feels good to play. Um, what I'm yeah, hoping I'm here is that, that they. Yeah, what I'm hoping that they're going to do here is they're going to go back and sort of tighten up some of the gameplay a little bit. Um, because otherwise, like, I loved the original Nier, but I cannot in good conscience say that its gameplay is as flawless as uh, as Nier Automata's is. It's not. Yeah. It's very much a game of its time, gameplay-wise. Um yeah, I'm looking at the the developer that worked on the game Cavia. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the games seems like these were like the last two games they worked on. Near Crystal or Clint. Uh, yeah, worked on a couple others that got canceled, and then seems like that was it. Yep. Uh, which I guess their last game was like Cryon, mm-hmm. game with uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi and Mistwalker. Yeah. Uh, for 360, that never got. Uh, uh, never got uh, finished. The early no. stages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, with, yeah. With, with Nier, I got into it through uh, Automata, which was obviously awesome. And yeah. uh, with, 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 the, with the other one, Gestalt, um, I was at my friend's house watching him play the PS3 version, and it was really, really interesting. And then uh, he got to a point in the game where it just deleted itself, and apparently that's part of the programming. So yeah. like, he's, he's uh, endlessly mad, and I remember just laughing at him because I, I didn't know that was true either. I looked, I looked it up on the internet, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is supposed to happen. So uh, yeah. good on you. <laughs> that's like uh, that's like standard with any game that Yoko Taro works on. He's going to screw with the timeline and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that is uh, near up Clint. Definitely be interesting to see like what the what the reactions are now that uh, Automata is the thing that kind of got that series yeah. uh, on the map. Yeah, and also how uh, people are going to react to the characters because. Um, you know, near the original Nier's got some really neat characters in it, um, yeah. with lots of depth to them. But you don't really know that starting out. Uh, some of them, like Kaine, for example, comes off as like a big stereotype at first. Um, but you know, because she's the basically the Miss Fan Service with a with a with a with a uh, foul mouth, basically. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, 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 it you have to put sort of some investment into the game, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I remember hearing back in the days. If you could get past the the early parts of that game, mm. you would probably get to the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Speaking of uh, games coming out, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon mm-hmm. getting uh, final release dates for all the platforms. Uh, it's going to be out November 10th for everything but PS5. Uh, mm-hmm. And the PS5 is getting a date of March 2nd, 2021. Yep. Uh, still not sure what that is all about. Uh, I think they put out a video on their Twitter that was like, hey, here's you can see what the PS5 version looks like. It was a Twitter resolution video, so mm-hmm. you couldn't really tell much of anything. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they put that on YouTube, but definitely didn't put it out. At the same time, they're making this announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will have a free upgrade from PS4 to PS5. Yep. Uh, 
yeah, so that'll be uh, good. And you can kind of check that out on PS4 first. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that game is re- uh, received. Something yeah. that is uh, strikingly different from the other Yakuza games. Yeah. Uh, Actually, play-wise. Remember when I mentioned earlier about 13 Sentinels of Aegis Realm and how it does, how like how daring it is that it actually like brings World War II into the plot and everything. I forgot that like the only other game, Japanese game I know of that does that and takes it like really seriously is actually the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, very last Yakuza game that stars, um, Kazuma. Um, because a big part of that a game's plot is a bunch of dudes that were involved in we- in uh, weapons uh, manufacturing during that during the war, and one of the things they end up discovering is a is a second version of the battleship Yamato. Which, yeah. if you know anything about Japanese culture, the Yamato has a very big sort of impact on how the Japanese view themselves. So yeah, it's the only other game I know of that's ever done that seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what that what that game is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's see. Oh yeah, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, I finally got an idea of when EA Play is coming to that service. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is November 10th, alongside the console's launch, which makes sense. Uh, if you are a PC Game Pass uh, subscriber, uh, mm-hmm. you not get it until December. No date mentioned, just sometime in September or December. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be waiting on that. I'm still mm-hmm. kind of curious how it all works, I think. I want to say I saw somewhere that you still go through the EA Play app. But it yeah. just gives you access to that stuff from there. Uh, so, like all the stuff that they do for that app, as well as like trials and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, PC will be interesting because I assume it'll have to be directly on the Windows Store because mm-hmm. uh, that's how that app works. It doesn't doesn't really make sense that they would loop it through Origin or whatever the mm-hmm. PC uh, EA desktop, whatever they're calling that thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you'll be able to check out that stuff. I'd be curious to see like what the the whole lineup is because uh, I would be surprised if the Star Wars Jedi uh, Fallen Order is part of the the launch of this. Yeah, that goes live into the vault. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, Star Wars Squadrons is out now. Uh, this yeah. trial up. I downloaded the trial. I haven't played that yet, so I'll probably talk more about that next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Fallen Order even a part of EA Play yet? Not yet, not the the vault. Yeah, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But I assume that'll be there at some point. Mm-hmm, it seems yeah. like this would be a perfect date to make it available in the vault. Yeah, especially with, with the uh, Xbox Series X and stuff. I'm still yeah. wondering, like, like um, as cool as it is to have EA Play as an option with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, there really mm-hmm. isn't a whole lot on EA Play that really like speaks to... I don't know, like... um. There's definitely a lot of stuff there for casual gamers, like um, you know, old Maddens and whatnot. But other than stuff yeah. that's coming out now, I can't think of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how people react to the notion of, oh, this thing is on there technically, but it's only the 10-hour trial. 
that may not actually offer the whole game mm-hmm. as a thing you can play. It might just be, you know, uh, for some of the games, like, oh, you can play the first uh, couple missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, certain things are not accessible. And it's like, oh, this kind of a bit different from what Game Pass usually is. Uh, but yeah, it seems like that, especially for Microsoft's end, is probably a play f- more for the BC stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting their uh, older Battlefield games and all that kind of stuff on there mm-hmm. that uh, people would definitely check out. Uh, but yeah, speaking of launches, uh, we got another game that's coming out for the PS5 launch. That is The Pathless, mm-hmm. the new game from Giant Squid that is kind of... Uh, uh, a bit of a, let's say, Archer version of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of the whole open world thing, looking for points of interest, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we got a chance to look at that at the State of Play a couple months ago, and looked really good. One of the big standouts mm-hmm. as far as like the indie lineup there. So that'll be out PS5 and PS4 on November 12th. Uh, that'll be exciting to check that out. It's another interesting game for that launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hoping to see some more of that. No real prices or uh, anything about it being cross-buy, but I would mm-hmm. assume it's going to be cross-buy. It'll be a weird decision to not do that. But uh, hey, mm-hmm. still got still got more stuff to learn about this launch stuff. But uh, also speaking of the launch, Spider-Man Remastered. Uh, we got details on that. You know, it's got all the, the ray tracing and all that to it, but they also revealed that uh, they're changing the model for Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, for the game, which is a, a weird thing, but uh, they did mention detail-wise that it seems like it was made uh, as a result of what they're doing for Spider-Man 2. Uh, it seemed like it was better for uh, the motion capture that Yuri Lowenthal is doing to have a mm-hmm. face that's a bit closer to what his is, uh, which he did some good tweeting uh, during the week saying like, sorry guys, it's my dumb bones uh, mm-hmm. causing these issues. Uh, but yeah, it <laughs> didn't stop people from getting uh, super mad mm-hmm. uh, in weird ways. Like uh, to the point of uh, threatening Brian Intihar, the mm-hmm. director of Spider-Man, uh, the first game. And I assume the second one. Uh, saying, to our Spidey fans, I totally appreciate your passion, but sending me threatening notes that you will, quote, hunt you down and we will find you. You fix this now. <laughs> Isn't cool. With what's happening in today's world, let's be a force for good and be respectful of each other. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a fucking face, people. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. may not like some of the other stuff going on, the price and all that, but mm. you don't need to fucking threaten people because they changed a fucking face that you're not going to see most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody uh, chose to like Marvel Spider-Man just on the guy's face alone. Yeah. Then, like, bit, bit, like, um, I know obviously it, it, it's a pretty popular discussion on the internet, but I think it's yeah. I think it's pretty overblown. I mean, w- when I first started playing the game, in my opinion, even though he was just past college, he looked a little old. Uh, now he's yeah. much younger, and like, if I had like a, a small complaint, um, I it would be because, um. At the current points, uh, Peter looks younger than Miles, which is definitely not the, not the case in canon. But other than that, like, um, I, I am interested in seeing um, Insomniac's like real reasoning, if there is any. 
Because mm-hmm. I I don't know, like even if you just change the graphic the, the graphics, there's really no reason to change the face. Then again, you know, there's no reason to threaten the director either. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Brian Intahar also posted his own message uh, about the change. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. Uh, okay. Saying today's news about the new Peter Parker face model surprised some of you, and we Insomniac totally understand your reaction. Heck, it even took me a while to get used to Peter's new look. As we discussed the franchise's future and moving to the PS5, quickly became apparent that delivering even more believable-looking characters, maybe finding a better facial match for actor Yuri Lowenthal, who we all love as Peter, a necessity. Care as much about these, this character as your attachment to him, so please know we did make the decision slash change lightly, as we did throughout the development of Marvel's Spider-Man. We continue to read your comments, listen, and always be looking for ways to improve every facet of the game. At the same time, I hope you can trust us that the decision is what we feel is best for the future of the franchise, our upcoming goals for this beloved Marvel character. Mm-hmm. Which definitely makes it seem like they were working on Spider-Man 2, uh, working on some of the early tech stuff, and figured this was probably a better route to go. And a uh, better way to get people used to it, I guess, is doing the remaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it out there early so you can get people angry now before... Uh, they get mad in the second game whenever that happens. Uh, I wanted to pull up Yuri Lowenthal's stuff too, because his uh, tweets have been pretty good, uh, saying, let's see, I just hope y'all are as fired up about voting and fighting white supremacy as you are about Peter Parker's face. Yep. Uh, which is pretty accurate. Yeah. Of course, people in the comments are like, oh, we can do two things. It's like, good. good. That's what do I want. Them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, kind of pointing towards what's more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's the one, guys. It's my face's fault. Stupid, stupid bones in my face. Blame my bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. But also seeing people like, oh, he looks like he's 16 or whatever. It's like, ah, eh, whatever. It's people do and don't look like their age all the time. It's Mm-hmm. All of the social construct of it. Age is whatever. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like always you look at, you find out like what voice actors look like compared to what the, the characters that they portray. And it's always like, yeah. oh, I get used to this. And then you get used to it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how people work. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned last year. Uh, that, uh, hey, we're going to do uh, this whole thing where we don't do crunch going up to the launch. Yeah, no, and, they're, uh, they're doing crunch. Yeah. At this point, they've basically uh, moved back to release this game like three times already. Yeah. Um, and I think they're just kind of at a point now where it's like, look, we can't keep putting this off anymore. We got to get this shit out there. Yeah. And on the one hand, that kind of me just a little bit because yeah. I mean I've trusted CD Projekt Red up to this point and they haven't let me down yet but you know if you're having to crunch at this point now I mean how much of the game do you really have finished at this point I mean they did say like the first time they moved it back was that you know the game was essentially finished they just had to you know clear up some bugs and stuff yeah. Uh, I mean, if that's the case, then okay. But 
Yeah, it's it's not great to make the the pledge that like you're not going to do crunch, and then mm-hmm. go back on it. Especially yeah. as like you're pretty much done with the game at this point, just trying to get uh, bugs and that last minute polish stuff. Yeah, uh, done. It just doesn't uh, doesn't look great. Yeah, uh, for a game that's uh, increasingly getting other other issues brought up about its mm-hmm. representation of you know transgender uh, yeah. stuff and all that. Because uh, yeah. I think uh, one of the people that works at CD Projekt Red was talking about their having an initiative that is uh, uh, selling some shirts to donate towards like a pro-gay charity, uh-huh. uh, which in Poland is a big deal. Yeah, there's only that guy doing it on his account versus yeah. doing it on his CDPR account, mm-hmm. which would have made a bigger statement. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's like. Yeah, your messaging is kind of getting muted in some ways. Yeah, um, uh, unfortunately, with when you're doing stuff like that in Poland, it really it's you're also getting into like legal issues as well. Um, yeah, because unfortunately, Poland is not the most enlightened place at the moment. Um, yeah, nor is a lot of Eastern Europe, Frank. Um, yeah, so. You know, for the record, I'm still looking forward to playing it, and I'm still excited for it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, uh, there's uh, some niggling little doubts in my head. Yeah. You know, not so much to tamp down on my enthusiasm, but they're there. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're not doing a great job of, like, going into the launch uh, spec-free. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, that's, uh, that's Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like 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 Brandon said, like the the last re- the last um delay they were talking about, you know, fixing some minor bugs here and there because it, it it seems like it's finished. You know, they 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 have enough enough preview content and and, and it all looks good. They already announced the PC specs and whatnot, and you know we've had this date for a while now. So you know your choices were to either uh, stick to your date or delay it. And um, I'm I'm just wondering how the Poland, like in Poland, are they still working from home, or are they still, or are they working in their, in their studio? Well, right. keep in um, mind that what we necessarily consider crunch here mm-hmm. is probably more intense than what they experience over in Poland, because Poland yeah. has a fairly large uh, welfare state underneath it, mm-hmm. and a lot of like labor protection laws and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, obviously, if there's, like, labor disputes and stuff of any degree, then, yeah, it should be taken seriously. But it might not be quite the intensity that you're imagining. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, normally with, with a November release date, we rarely ever, ever see a delay going into the following year. Um, the last time we saw it was obviously Halo, but, you know, that game was problematic since day one, and we, 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 could, we could easily see it. With, mm-hmm. with Cyberpunk, you know, everyone's hyped about it. You know you're going to have um, CD Projekt Red's uh, level of polish on it. And the, the, this studio, mm-hmm. even though we give them all like all the credit for being an indie darling, they're, they're, they're huge at 550 people on their staff. Yeah. And that'll be there. And, you know, if you choose to delay it, then that means you're going to have these people work through the holidays. If they, if, if they yeah. work hard and release it now, they'll, they'll have the holidays off. So, yeah. 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 It's a... It's a... It's a dicey situation. I'm not going to lie. It's not really sure if there is like a good, like if there was another better way they could have gone about it. 
But yeah. Still yeah, doesn't make it any of, less problematic. Yeah. I can imagine the the potential situation they could be in if they just delayed it until the the next gen console versions were ready to go as well. Mm-hmm. Instead of this whole weird uh, situation, it's like oh, you can buy it now and then still play it on your new consoles, and it'll get slight bumps, but mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna get the real pretty stuff until sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure their marketing and finance teams just saw too much of a temptation to release it during new console season plus the holidays, and they'd be mm-hmm. missing out on you know millions that yeah. way. Yeah, especially because I think it's published by Warner Brothers. Yep. Uh, this time around. Uh-huh. Uh, or maybe not. Their Wikipedia says uh, it's self-published. Oh. So maybe that's the case. Pretty sure it's self, because I saw it on Terminals. So, yeah. 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 So maybe that is the case. Uh, yeah. Because The Witcher released, like, uh, in, like, the spring uh, yeah. area, so not really uh, unheard of for them. Yeah. But yeah, if, uh, if they can hit it, then definitely do it. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Still got a month and a half for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of controversy, uh, Warner Ooh, Brothers, yeah. makers of the upcoming Harry Potter game, uh, I forget what it's called at this point. Uh, Hogwarts something. Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. Uh, their president, one of brothers games president, decided to step in it on the J.K. Rowling oh, uh, situation. Uh, basically responding to a company Q&A uh, saying, uh, let's see, a question about the recent announcement of Hogwarts Legacy and Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling's anti-trans mm-hmm. comments. His uh, comment here, not a lot that I can, not a lot I can comment on other than since we did get so many questions. I wanted to be responsive the best way I could. The way I think I like to do it is I like to echo something you've heard from our most senior executive leadership. Yeah. While J.K. Rowling is the creator of Harry Potter, and we are bringing that to life with the power of Portkey in many places, she's a private citizen also. That means she's entitled to express her personal opinion on social media. I mean, I agree with her, and I might not agree with her stance on a range of topics, but I can agree that she has the right to hold her opinions. Swing and a miss. Yep. Uh, you can absolutely say she can be as much of a turf as she wants. Yeah. But you can also say, you know, we denounce her views in mm-hmm. the highest order. We do, or just uh, even the most tepid, like, we don't agree with her views. And yeah. then you can just say, and just end it there. Yeah, not doing this. She has the freedom of speech. No. It's like, no. It's like, like, yeah, she can say whatever she wants, but that doesn't mean... And I cannot you buy whatever she puts her name on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, good good job, Warner I Brothers. Swear, I swear, though, why is it this is the hill that she's decided she wants to die on? Why this? I don't know. She's made enough money off of Harry Potter. She doesn't have to care anymore. I guess. She doesn't have to hide it, uh, however long yeah. she's been hiding this Yeah. as a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, she's got plenty of money. She can do whatever she wants at this point. She, mm-hmm. she like uh, the dude that created Minecraft. So I'd say yeah. let's let's just be rich bigots for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Until somebody decides to try and buy us out of this enterprise. Yeah. Which hey would be a good idea for somebody. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, good job on Warner Brothers to make the the notion of people deciding whether they want to buy the game or not uh, based on her involvement and whatever they say about it. Uh, just making that even harder for people. Mm-hmm. More likely they might say, you know what? Fuck you. We're finally getting the thing we wanted and we can't even enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's rough. I don't I don't I don't really uh I'm not really jealous of uh this guy having to make whatever statement he has to make. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's obvious that he doesn't uh that he obviously doesn't disagree with really with that or sorry. He obviously does not agree with with her values, but you know you you can't speak for the entirety of WB, especially when your shareholders are going to be the top one percent of people who, you know, probably do agree. But it is what it is there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's tough uh, leading a company like that, but it's also not hard to, you know, mm-hmm. speak out for the right things. Yeah, uh, while also saying like, oh, we don't. We don't share the same values as her. And it's like, eh, yeah, but you don't speak against them. That's just mm-hmm. as important uh, for stuff like this. Speaking of company values, Ubisoft. Oh, boy. They're still around. Uh, and so I guess the there's a bit of a leak of the survey, survey they had with uh, Ubisoft employees about their experiences. Mm-hmm. And it seems to suggest... Uh, of over 14,000 working employees mm-hmm. and about 25% of them have experienced workplace misconduct or witnessed it happening over the past two years alone. That is literally over a quarter of your, of your employees. Yeah, like 3,500 people. Yeah, that's, that's not just, that's not just an HR problem. That is a workplace cultural catastrophe. Yeah. And, uh, that is something that you've been letting burble under un, under the surface for twenty some odd years, and have done nothing about. And to go even further, uh, one in five reported that they did not feel quote fully respected or safe in the work environment, which is even worse. Uh, yeah, that's it's not a great look for Ubisoft. No, uh, if they want to rebound from this, Eves and. Uh, the people he has in charge of this stuff needs to be laying the foot down yes. and handing out some pink slips. Mm-hmm. Starting over a number of cases. Yeah. Uh, Seriously. You can't have these people still around uh, free to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do we know when just, this survey came about? Uh, it was during the summer. During the summer, so people are saying they don't feel comfortable in their workplaces when they're working from home. Nope. Yikes. Yeah, even when yeah, they're working from home. That seems to imply that they are not there, that the shit isn't just, uh, just a physical space issue. Physical space, no, this is like shit from like emails yeah. and stuff. Emails so. and like slacks and whatever. That, that is, that's horrible. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of work for Ubisoft to gain people's trust again. Mm-hmm. It's a shame because they've got some good stuff coming up that would be worth supporting if the the shit going on behind the scenes was not this bad. Yeah. It just makes it easier just to not bother with it. Enjoy the the vast uh, amount of stuff that is also coming out mm-hmm. at the same time as that as these games are coming. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Hopefully those people uh, are able to enact change in, within the company or find better situations for themselves. Yeah. Because that is a, those are huge numbers. Mm-hmm. It's like when, it's like when uh, we talked about on Friday, Amazon announcing they had 20,000 people that have been uh, either directly uh, infected with COVID-19 or had the symptoms mm-hmm. and assumed as such that they had it. And it's like 20,000 people is not a uh, small chunk of change there. No. That is uh, as bigger than most cities in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scale that some of these companies are working at is staggering. Mm-hmm. And you add in like bad uh, situations they're in, that's even just puts it in plain view what that is. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is... Uh, that's a good downer way to go out for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you to Brandon Perkins and Danner Victorio. Hopefully, get a, a more full crew next week. But uh, yeah. for this week, it's just the three of us. Uh, yep. October starting here. Consoles are coming out in mm-hmm. a matter of weeks. Yep. Uh, the elections in less than thirty days. Yep. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. We'll be back next week, hopefully with uh, some better news. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. I uh, hope you have a good week coming up. And uh, we'll see you later. All right. Take care, everybody. <laughs>